1: Sharpen your pencils and get your notebooks out. It's time for the Star Seminar. And now, here are your hosts, Rabble Rouser and Danny Fenton.
2: Welcome, advanced graduate students of Cowboys Footballology, to another session of the Star Seminar. But yet, this is not an ordinary session. It Is Eagles Week, my friends. And so we have to sharpen our pencils extra sharp, make sure we have plenty of notebook paper, because there's a lot of notes to take as we face off against the thing I hate most in the world. I am joined, as always, by my co conspirator, the internationally renowned scholar, Dr. Danny Phantom. Dr. Phantom, how are you today?
1: I'm great. For a second there, I was wondering how you're introducing me, you know, going, the thing I hate the most in the world. is like, and here's my part. Podcast it now. is not you, my <laughs> friend. I have nothing but love for you. No, I'm doing well. Um, I'm, of course, it's you know, end of the week, super busy, uh, trying to wrap some things up. I will be gone. I, I will be uh, out of town next week, I have a conference that I'm going to um, mm-hmm. a little bit north of here. Uh, but I will say this, um, on one of the days next week, uh my wife's going to drive up and uh my granddaughter and we're going to actually catch um uh, a show in portland um it's going it's actually frozen on ice uh you know the the <laughs> D- disney mu- movie mm-hmm. you know and i i actually like i think that's one of my f- favorite disney movies and and mm-hmm. certainly my granddaughter absolutely loves it she's got the uh, elsa dress and whatever so she's she's going to absolutely love this um, she is going to be in paroxysms of delight. Yeah, so I'm super excited. I, to be quite <laughs> honest, I've actually never seen uh, a show on ice before, and I've always wanted to see a show on ice. I think everything should be on ice. I would, I would go see it, and uh, so I'm super excited. But I want to ask you, like, what do you think would would make a great, you know, show on ice? like, so, like what what kind of movie would you love to see if they did put some
2: together on? Oh, that's, that's a great question. You know, it's funny because um, if I think about this, I, you know, the obvious answers are movies where there's like some sort of romantic thing or, you know, right. where, there's a, where the movement tends to be smooth and flowy because that's the way that ice skating moves, right? But then I went in a completely different direction. I was thinking, what kind of movies uh have movement that is kind of like jerky and irregular and I was like, oh my gosh, zombie movies, obviously. <laughs> so my answer to you is because it would just be so weird. I mean it would be awesome. I would get I would get like a hot dog and some fries and just sit there in the front row and love it. If we could have return to the living dead oh my on ice.
1: Oh jeez. Man, you know <laughs> where,
2: where you had a bunch of bunch of shambling undead ice skating how great would that be Ah, that would actually be pretty
1: scary because i mean zombies in in general the undead there's they move relatively slow and that's the that's the one good thing about them and if you put them on skates i mean i don't know what kind i mean that just seems like i don't know that's a little frightful um but no i mean that's you know when i pose this question i'm like you know i don't know where raps is going to go with this and uh, i am not surprised at all that you you, (laughs) this is the direction that you go
2: nice well done my friend. Thank you. Um, speaking of well done, the Cowboys had a very convincing victory yes. against the Los Angeles Rams last week. Um, I think we could probably talk about that a little bit, but I don't want to take too much time talking about that because of course the bulk of our conversation uh, needs to be looking forward, not hearkening back. And um, boy, are we looking forward to something big here, my friend. It, it is Eagles week, as I mentioned in, uh, in the lead in. Um, so, so, Uh, As a way to get ready uh, for Eagles week, we are going to have Rabble's Roundup, as we do every week, and we are going to, as always, have Phantoms 5. But before we get to that, I want to ask you a question. Um, We're recording the night after the Texas Rangers, which, of course, is the Dallas-based baseball team, have won their first world championship. Congrats, Um, Rangers. And so, congrats to the Rangers. Uh, you know, I mean, I I don't really have any feelings one way or the other about the Rangers. I I I I feel per, per, perfectly fine about them. I actually liked the Rangers when I was a kid, and so they they seemed like a fun team when they had Barry Bonds and Bump Wills back in the late '70s and early '80s. A fun team. I've always kind of thought they were they were cool. Um, but the thing that the thing that moves me the most about it is how happy some of our colleagues who are Dallas fans. Of, of all the Dallas teams, of, you know, of all the four Dallas teams are right now, they're ecstatic because this team they followed for their lifetimes, most of them, has finally broken through winning a championship. And, you know, when you win that first one, dude, it is awesome. I mean, 92 is the was the best feeling ever as a sort of adult when the Cowboys finally broke through. Um And so the thing that we hope for now, of course, for those same people, is that they will also get to enjoy a Cowboys championship, right? So you get the double. Like we've seen seen other teams in in recent years, the Patriots and Celtics, for example, win championships in the same calendar year. So I want to pose to you what pair of teams, one of whom has to be an NFL team that's not Dallas-based, what pair of teams would you like to see go for the double like so an NFL team and a team from another major sport what that's not Dallas based what would you like to see happen so that you'd be happy either for the fan base or for yourself because those teams in the same city won championships
1: uh, it's a great question and um, you know first off when you know first heard of this question um, my selfish self immediately went to my, my sports teams that I, that are not the Cowboys. And I started looking around. It's like, okay, which one of those would I like to see win? And then of course they would have to partner with the, the corresponding NFL team. And, and I am a giants fan, uh, which by the way, congrats to the Rangers. Congrats to to Bruce Bochy. He was the manager of the giants when they won their uh, world series and, you know, three or you know, 10, 12 and 15, by the way, the first one was against the Rangers. Um, so anyway, but I will say this, um, I can't, I don't know if I could choose the Giants and, and that means I have to choose the 49ers. So that one, that's the problem. Isn't that's it? the problem. Yep. Yeah. So that one to me gets pushed aside. So then I go to my next sports team, um, which is Los Angeles Lakers. Um, I I will admit that since the LeBron era, it's they, I haven't had that same sort of competition know passion towards my Lakers as I did with with the Kobe Eras and Shaq and of course Magic and Cream and all this uh, but I am a Laker fan so I guess what I my answer is going to be I'm going to choose the Los Angeles Lakers and I'm going to also choose and we talked about this uh, last show I believe last show or uh, we're both fans of Los Angeles of the Chargers you know when of course they started yeah. out in San Diego but they're Los Angeles now so I can pick them so it's going to be Lakers and Chargers for me.
2: I like that. You know, I, I think that had the Chargers remained in San Diego, the choice would be really easy for me It'd be Chargers and Padres. I would love to see the Padres win. Uh, I grew up in San Diego, and I, even though I, was, I sort of formed my fandom before we moved to San Diego, so I wasn't a Padres fan, you know, Um They were so hapless. How could you not love the Padres? I mean, you can't hate them because they've lost 100 games every year when when I was growing up, and so it was great when they made the 84 World Series against the Tigers. We were just ecstatic. But, of course, the Chargers are no longer in San Diego. So this is a tough one for me because, as you may know, I grew up a fan of the 76ers and the Phillies, and so I've been um a fan here as I when I moved to Philadelphia both teams, but there's absolutely no way that I would want to see either of them win if that also means that the hated Eagles would win anything. I want the Eagles never to win another game ever. And so starting with um, this week. This week would be a great time for that to start. I would be very happy if that um horrible winning uh, losing streak rather started um on Sunday. So I think it's a tough one man because You don't know? You don't have an answer? I don't know that I have a ready answer. I'm trying to think of the teams that I feel in that are innocuous, you know? Because because the other team that I really like is the Warriors, but I don't like the same problem that you that you have. Um because the Raiders are no longer in the East Bay, uh which is I'm not going to root for a 49ers Super Bowl. So here's the other thing, there's another team that I grew up really liking in a baseball team, which was the Milwaukee Brewers. I think, weirdly enough, the dub the double dip that I would be going for because I would love to see no! the Brewers no! break through uh, and win there. No! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm okay. You know, I don't, actually don't hate the Packers. I don't hate the Packers. I, I I admire a lot of things about about Green Bay and the Packers and the fact that you know they're really different in terms of they're not owned by some billionaire jerk. Um, so I think I think the double dip I'm going for is Milwaukee Brewers and Green Bay Packers.
1: You know, uh, that's I guess that's pretty. Uh...
2: Um, You know, that's good of you to be
1: able to just be above that and go with a team that you actually more like versus uh, trying to avoid a team that you loathe, which is kind of how I did this exercise and went through everything.
2: Well, that's how uh, I started. That's how I started. And then I finally decided, you know what, I got to go with what I love. Yeah, well, that's not, you know, what? as long as it doesn't also include something I loathe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so speaking of liking and loathing, I think there's nothing we like and loathe more than the Cowboys and the Eagles. But before we get to that, I do think that we owe last week's dominating victory over hmm. the uh, Los Angeles Rams, a little bit of airtime. So let me ask you thoughts about the game, takeaways from the game. What's the state of the Cowboys here?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I'll say this. I was surprised. Um, I was surprised. I mean, you talk about, first off, uh, what a, a weird beginning to a game to, to make you feel a certain way. And then to, to have such an abrupt, change and to, to make you feel a nope. completely different way i mean now, to
2: be clear you're saying like the weird beginning in the sense of like the first the, four plays to protect jack yes and, and all the sacks yes the, okay.
1: the first four plays of, you know three
2: sacks and four
1: plays one of them didn't count because of a, of a... It, did, it, it didn't look like they were going to get ready to score
2: 43 no now, did it, it
1: didn't honestly rabs i was i was extremely concerned i'm like what am i watching you know because we've had so mm-hmm. many conversations about the thing that worries us is this offensive line, you know? And then of course, Tyron would, you know, not play in and stuff and Chuma first play of the game, boom sack. I mean, it was just, it was scary. I was, I was thinking this is going to be a long day. And I don't think the Cowboys are going to have any answers. And boy, was I wrong? Because not only did the Cowboys have answers, they had a a lot of them. And in particular, you know, and I know I'm, I'm really sour on this guy all the time but i was very impressed very pleased with the way that mike mccarthy uh game planned for this game and he the way he approached things and he just did a bunch of things that i wasn't expecting like you know i just expected them to, to try to run the ball and they they didn't they just could, could constantly was throwing they were making great decisions they were throwing the ball downfield there was all of a sudden they're doing pre stamp motion which they don't do i mean and then Dak was running a lot too. Dak was just he was just he had a great game. One of the better games I've seen. I think when you talk about a quarterback and how they process and the decision making and when when they break contain and when not all the and and the throws that he made super fantastic. So I was so pleased with this team. Uh very happy with this team. I still you know the 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 pessimism in me still wonders like hmm how How bad did the Rams defense play? I know they're not a bad team, but how bad did they play in this one? Because they, I mean, they just didn't look good at all. And, or at least the Cowboys didn't make them look good. So I'm still kind of like, I don't know, but I definitely feel different. And this team, again, and I'll turn this over to you, but again, this team, it takes me over here and then it brings me over here. And then now I'm back over here. So I don't know, man. I just... I I feel guarded about getting too you know too excited about what we just saw and yeah. they, uh, we can go into Philly and things could just go really bad but I will say this very good game very pleased so I I I'm in pretty good spirits about things what about you
2: yeah. I mean, how could you not be a good spirits? I mean, so let's, let's, let's think back to this time last week when we made our predictions at the end of the Phantom five. I mean, I think we both predicted a pretty comfortable Cowboys victory. They've been a dominant team at home. We felt like uh, Matthew Stafford was the kind of quarterback who can turn the ball over. He's a high variance player. I felt like the, the, the Rams were talent deficient and um, that the, that that was going to ultimately bite them and all those things came true. Right. Uh but I think there are a couple of things that we saw for the first time or for the first time in a while that we had been wanting to see for some time that we hadn't seen yet. And I- I'm hoping, and this is this is the takeaway, right? Uh, two 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 major takeaways. So the first is it's a week-to-week league. We can't get too high or too low about what happens any given week. And the second is I'm hoping that what we saw this week which in some ways contradicts what I just said um, is an indication of changes that were made during the buy that will be permanent and durable because they are all things that we had been hoping to see. So let's talk a little bit about some of the things that we saw. You mentioned Dak running the ball more, and he talked about in his in his presser that something he he practiced all week that this wasn't something that he just did as a kind of knee jerk you know reaction in the moment, but but actually that running the ball. You know, breaking contain and and running the ball is something that um that he has was practicing during the week, and that that's a, that's a part of, that's a part of his game that he he had sort of admitted that he hasn't been taking advantage of, and that he needs to take more advantage of. And I think that's huge because it puts so much pressure on a defense, and it puts a, a particular amount of pressure on a defense to stay in man-to-man coverage. So that's that's part that's part one. Part two is they as you said uh attempted more deep balls right and part of this is is they just completed more deep balls i mean in two in particular that 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 throw down the seam to to ferguson that was the first touchdown i mean that's a play we've seen several times it just hasn't been completed before that's true ferguson made i mean dak trusted his guy he's trusted both ferguson and scooney on, on a very similar route in previous games this time uh, the guy made the play with with receivers all around him. It was a perfect pass. It was a dime, but he reached up. He still had to reach one hand up and bring the ball in and then gather it with the other. It was a great catch under really, really difficult conditions by Ferguson. It was an incredible catch. Um, the other thing I think we've seen is using the tight end more. Like we've been talking about, why are they not using the tight end? And do they really miss Dal- Dalton Schultz? Ferguson seems every bit as capable as Schultz from an athleticism perspective, from an explosion perspective, maybe even more impressive. Why are they not using him? He had the second most number of targets last week. I think that's something that we are hoping that we see going forward, especially because they are moving CD lamb more, more than they have in previous uh, games outside. So what I'm hoping again is that that is, uh, a wrinkle that, that is a result of the coaches doing some deep film study and some deep self-analysis over the course of the bye. That's what we hope desperately that they did, and that this is going to be something that's going to be durable it's going to continue. Because I really think that if, if your offense runs through the X, then you want C.D. Lamb to be playing the X as much as possible. And so I think that the fact that they're putting him out there more more often I think is a really really good sign because that because what that means is the rest of the offense is going to be balanced and other guys are going to eat.
1: Yeah. No, I I agree and I I mean here's the thing with CD is he's such a dynamic player that he can he can be successful in in different roles and you know he doesn't look like your proto- I mean he's not your prototypical big guy to where he's going to absolutely right. beat yeah. you at the line of scrimmage with you get some of these physical dbs on you so it kind of you, you may i can totally see why you people would be like no i don't know if he's really the x kind of guy uh but the thing is, is is he is he just he has the ability and the way that he changes his pacing and he i mean he could be one-on-one coverage and he, i just think that i, I to me it's kind of almost like micah like you don't really want to like you know put it, put him down into one type of thing. Cause he could do so many, but uh, I mean the, the production that he had, I mean, how can you argue with that? And if this is something that can make the Cowboys offense play this well, then I, you know, definitely I'm all for it. And I, I'm very, I I'm interested to see if, if this is just the beginning of some new things or, you know, really, you know, what's going to become of the things that we saw on Sunday. Moving on to the Eagles, uh, I want to learn about this team, you know. So I think this is the time we're going to get a, a nice little breakdown. Are you going to run down the spine of this? So uh, what do you say? You up for a little uh, Rabbles Roundup?
2: It's time for Rabbles Roundup. Um. So l- listen, typically when I do Rabbles Roundup, I start at the owner and I work my way down. This time I want to kind of start at the owner and maybe stop at the owner. I really want to take more time this particular Rivals roundup to talk about the Eagles ownership because I have a sort of pet theory that I want to share. So, um as I get into this, I want to ask you what do you know throw at anything? Let's just use that as our as our starting point. What do you know about Eagles owner Jeff Lurie? Who?
1: You know what? Lurie I what do I know about him? You know, he just he I feel like he just stands there. Honestly. I mean, I don't really know much about you we hear about the, you know, the coaches and, and the, you know, how we hear a lot about how he and stuff, but like, what do we really hear about Laurie? He just, he stands there. I, I don't know anything about yeah. that guy.
2: Well, I think that that's actually really interesting because um, he's not a particularly charismatic guy. Right, so he's not. He's and he also stays out of the media, like most owners do, and that's fine. But um, what? <laughs> in I know, right? Uh, uh, what a concept. So, Jeff Jeff Lurie inherited the vast majority of his money. Um, he bought the Eagles in 1994 from with money. He took out a loan, but he inherited most of his money. His great, his grandfather, or his great grandfather owned a whole bunch of cinemas. And then as the movies became more popular and more lucrative, they made a bunch of money. He inherited that money. He, he is alone in that. He didn't inherit the team, and he didn't make his money. He inherited his money and then wanted to buy a team. He actually tried to buy several different teams before he was able to buy the Eagles in 1994. Do you know anything about um, his friend who he hired to basically be a sort of GM, director of football operations pretty early on, uh, a fellow by the name of Jeff, um, excuse me, Joe Banner? So Joe Banner and Jeff Lurie had been friends. He hires Joe Banner. Joe Banner is the Howie Roseman before Howie Roseman. He's the guy who brought – we should hate Joe Banner because he's the guy who brought Howie Roseman into the league, um, and therefore he deserves to be cursed forevermore. Here's what I want to say about the difference between the Cowboys and the Eagles. First of all, let me ask you a couple questions. In the last 20 years, uh, the years since Bill Parcells Sort of rejuvenated the Cowboys in the early 2000s. So it's about 20 years' time. What is really different about the Cowboys and the Eagles? Who? What is different about them? What, what, who's been? Who's been better?
1: Well, I feel honestly, obviously, these last 10 years, it's been almost like a push. Um, mm-hmm. need to think about, you know, just obviously the Eagles have got, had more postseason success, making the Super Bowl twice and winning once. But I mean, overall, just both teams have been, you know, I think they've won eight out of the last ten divisions. And I know they've won, and they've split it mm-hmm, four mm-hmm. four each. So they've been pretty even. Mm-hmm. I know that the Donovan McNabb, Andy Reid era, you know, they were good. That They were, like, always making the NFC Championship. So Eagles were good early on. I feel like the, maybe the Cowboys might have passed it, like when Tony Romo came about, maybe jumped them. And then basically for the last ten years, it's
2: kind of been back and forth. So I, I don't know. I think that it's, it's been pretty close. Right, so I think, I, think, I think your analysis agrees with mine. I think they've been essentially the same in terms of quality, and in terms of talent over the last 20 years or 15 years. Let's just say 15 years since, since Tony Romo became the Cowboys quarterback in 2006, 2007. So here's, here's my thesis, and this is where I'm going to end. Why have they continued to adhere to those principles long after Joe Banner has left? And so my my thinking is always landing on where are the Eagles better? Why do they continue to be good when they don't draft as well? And I would say it's because their owner is more willing to listen to the smart people in the room than the Cowboys owner is because he doesn't believe that he's smarter than he is. Yeah,
1: you know, that's interesting, Ravs, because I feel like when Jerry Jones was at his best – is when he was new to this gig, and he was more open to listening. Of course, did he just so happen to be fortunate to have the smartest guy in the room being Jimmy Johnson, and of right. course, look at what the look look what that uh, provided. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Jones is a
2: talker, and Lurie is a listener, and you know it's yeah you know, they just they're two That's different. A good- that's a brilliant distillation of it right there. I, I, I talked for like half an hour without taking a breath, and you just basically summed it all up in one pithy statement, my friend. Well done. So listen, speaking of well done, I know we need to move on to uh, Phantoms 5, and I'm sure you have crafted some excellent points for us. So listen, um, let's all sit down. Uh, pen, uh, students, sharpen your pencils because the great Dr. Phantom is about ready to unleash the five keys for Sunday's tilt. It's time
1: for the Phantom (laughs) 5. Do it slowly. Do it again. It's time for the
2: Phantom 5. So, what's item the first, my friend? Okay, so the first thing
1: here is, so I mean, I, I look at the Eagles and I see a good football team. And I, in particular, they're a really good offensive football team this year. And normally I think about the Eagles defense and I'm always impressed with them. Uh, But I want to say this, you know, on paper, I think this, this Eagles defense is outstanding. You look at all the Georgia guys they've drafted, you know, like, you know, um, Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, N'Kobe Dean. And then you got the Mm -hmm. the free agent trade guys with James Bradbury, Darius slow, and now Kevin Byard and stuff. I mean, you'd think these guys would be great, wouldn't you? But oddly enough, the defense is just kind of, huh? You know, it's not fantastic, and uh, they're 19th in points allowed. And while they are they are tough to run against, no no question about that, uh, they are vulnerable against the pass. They just gave up 388 yards passing t- to Sam Howe. Now I want to ask you a question for you, Raps. Do you know the last time the Cowboys gave up that many passing yards in a game? Can you give me a year? If you get if you get if you give me the gear, 2013,
2: 2013,
1: yeah. What about the Mike Nolan era? I mean, you're not even,
2: not even. No, no. I think 13 was the real, oh, the real, the geez. real, uh, watermark
1: for 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 a, few, a defensive futility. That's a good guess because it actually did skip the Mike Nolan. I was surprised that I did not, I could not locate a a, a game where he, they just to- totally uh, you wet the bed, you know, uh, in the, in 2020. But there wasn't one. You actually, you don't have to go back quite that far. It's actually Thanksgiving of 2017 against Philip Rivers and the Chargers.
2: Oh, of um, course. Okay. So, But anyway,
1: just not even Mike Nolan's Cowboys surrendered that many passing yards. So, just just want to put this out there. This is a defense that is ripe, ripening for the taking and the Cowboys must be willing to attack. But, that means they got to go about the right way. I mean, no none of this, no dead runs. Got to be full throttle, this thing, and attack in the passing game. Which brings me to Item number two. I, Ooh, play tell. Tell us all about it. I think that I view this game as a Dak-defining game. And I'll tell you. So, Rabs, in a word, who's, better, who's the better quarterback? Jalen Hurts or Dak Prescott?
2: Well, I think they're very, very closely aligned. But I will say that I believe strongly that Dak Prescott is the better quarterback and Jalen Hurts is in the much more quarterback-friendly system. Okay.
1: That's not a word, but... Got the answer. Uh, so yeah, I, I I agree with that. I actually I believe it's it's Dak, and I, and I, just so you know, I mean you already know this. Uh, I am not a Dak apologist. I am actually critical of him when I believe it's warranted. So, but I do think he's the better quarterback, and the reason is the reason I do is because, I mean I do think Jalen is good. Obviously he is. Uh, I just think Prescott has established a more reliable sample size of good quarterback play than Jalen has. I mean he was great last year, but you know, I want to see how well he does when teams have figured him out, when he's forced to do more with his arm and not with his legs, which we're doing this season. I mean, he's still good, but mm-hmm, he's not mm-hmm. like MVP-like good. He has eight picks. Wait, wait, uh, let me, let me, let me ask you: Who leads the NFC in interceptions this year? Uh, I, that would be our our buddy, you know, Jalen Hurts right here. He's got eight already.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Eight, eight picks already. I
2: thought it was only Dak. I thought it was only Dak who was you know like,
1: indiscriminate with the ball. Let me go through my papers here. I. No, it's still Jalen. It's uh, no, no. so it's shocking. So yeah, so Hurts leads the leads the league in picks. Uh, his rushing is down thirty percent, and I really think this is the first real game, the first real matchup between these two, and both both of them have been good. I mean, obviously, you know, Hurts rookie season and whatever, and all those those games I throw away, and, and then last year would have been it, except both of them were hurt at each at different times. So we haven't seen a Hurts mm-hmm. versus Dak Prescott. We get to see one on Sunday. So you know what, which of these QBs will prevail and lead their team to a victory? Uh, to me, I feel like this is the game that Dak's got to come through and he's got to show everyone that he's, he's the guy.
2: I agree. I agree. And I think that especially given that their record recently on the road against good teams has not been great and frankly – one of the reasons it's not been great is that Dak has had some of his worst games. Now I think he's had some of his worst games because his offensive line's gotten whipped, and I think they're they're and their his receivers aren't open, and so he's you know he's forced to throw into tight coverages and all kinds of other things that have happened. But um, if the Cowboys are going to make any noise, they're going to have to play well, not only at home, but on the road against good teams. So this is, this is a great opportunity. As you said, this is the golden opportunity for Dak to show the world that, um, that he's that guy. Oh, and what's number three, you fount of wisdom, you,
1: I, uh, so, you know, not only does Dak need to be good, but I I think, uh, you know, he needs to be good when it, when it counts the most. And we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier about how, um, they did this a lot last game, and, you know, they, I don't know if they can get away with doing it um, quite often. So, I mean, the Eagles are first in, in third-down efficiency. They're at 50%. Third-down conversions, they make half, convert half of them. The Cowboys are actually third in third-down uh, conversion at 48%. So, I mean, they're like neck and neck. Both teams are really good on third-down. However, the Cowboys' defense is ranked seventh on third-down, whereas the Philly D drops down to 25th. So, Cowboys got a little edge there. Yeah. But I absolutely think that they have to get off the field on, on third down. And when you're talking about the Eagles, that means staying out of fourth and short because of the brotherly shove. So super critical for the I think the team that that's a, a plays well on third down is going to come away with this one.
2: Yeah, and I th- and I think that's I mean that's generally the case, a- and I think that that's particularly true, you know, in a situation like this where two teams are closely matched. And I will even advance that a little further to say that the team that avoids getting into third downs is going to be the one that mm. does well. Yes, and I mean I, I think that for the Cowboys, they when and their offensive philosophy should be to avoid third down.
1: Yeah, and, and, and it's especially third and long, but absolutely, just, sk- just skip it all together would be nice, but. One of the things that will help them in that regard or will come up big in being able to be successful on those money downs is my item number four. And I'm labeling this one. Let's wrap this thing up. And so, you know, I talked about the Eagles defensive players, but I want to say this offense has a lot of contributors. I mean, you know about A.J. Brown and and Jalen Hurts, obviously, Uh, but this group attacks you from all directions. They got a running back duo of DeAndre Swift. And Kenneth Gainwell, Uh, their pass catchers are Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. And, of course, now they have Julio, Julio Jones on the team now. I mean, they use all these guys, and they do a good job with the short stuff, and they get these guys in space. So I think it's absolutely vital for this Cowboys defense to bring their A game in tackling because there's going to be a lot of these little plays. And, you know, if you lean in the wrong way, if the safety's got the wrong angle or just arm tackle this guy, you're going to be in trouble. So super. I think that's super important. Uh, Cowboys tackling is going to be on um, the spotlight in this game. And, uh, I mean, it actually works both ways. It's, if you look at how the Cowboys operated last year, I mean, two can play at that game. But in particular, I do think um, for Dallas to have success, they really got to be tackling well in this one.
2: I like that. I like that a lot. I think that's a good number four. So check and all right i believe we're down to our final phantoms five last, number five my friend
1: last one um so raps so from a scale of one to ten how, how important is this game to you
2: mm, two and a half really two and a half yeah i mean mm. it's it's early so so here's the here's the thing and i i think you are aware of this as well the cowboys are getting ready As soon as this game wraps up, they're getting ready to go into probably the easiest stretch of their season at a moment when we hope, fingers crossed, they are beginning to flex their offensive muscles. The Eagles, on the other hand, are getting ready to go into the most uh, torturous stretch of their season. Listen, if the Cowboys can manage to go into Philadelphia and win, I guarantee you by by Thanksgiving they will have a one or two game lead in this division. Yeah but if they don't i think by thanksgiving they can still be tied in this division and so the, the game when they face off in mid, i think it's december um could be for all the marbles and it will be in dallas where we've talked about many times the cowboys play really really well and i i would be hard pressed to see that that the uh, the eagles could beat them in dallas unless unless you know there's some sort of injury or something else that's changing the scope of the team so i, I i'm going to say that this game is is not that important. Me, I feel
1: I I I grade this much higher. I think it's extremely important for a, a couple of reasons. I mean, I think it's obviously a big. Uh, it's ex, it's extremely important in the terms of the swing that you're talking about in the standings. You know, with you know, Cowboys could go into basically almost you know basically jump them in, in a week or if, so. they, if if they win if they win they are leading the division right versus if they lose two and a half games behind and and it's going to be much mm-hmm. harder. And then you talked about. What's coming down the pike and schedule, and I'll get to that in a second. But I also think it's important in the sense of it being another litmus test for this team. You know, they failed the first one with against San Francisco, and they failed miserably. So I think they they really got to show that they could beat this team. So I, I I find I think it's really important if the Cowboys don't win. And you talk about this this uh, you know the stretches of, of games that are hard, and both teams are going coming through a stretch. Philly's got it right now. They go through six game stretch against teams with at least five wins it's brutal it's, it's, it's brutal. brutal yeah so um if the, that's why if the cowboys get this win i feel like they can really maybe even like get some momentum and get themselves even a lead to when the cowboys get face their stretch to, toward the end of the season they got themselves a little bit of a buffer i think that's really important but if they don't get the win there and they're falling this hole then like you said i mean we've we could be looking at the best case scenario is is just to be tied around that when we face our tough stretch and i think that gives philly an easier path because their final Mm -hmm. games are are not as bad so i don't know Uh, to me i feel like uh, this game this is super important but you know i mean i don't know So, so as we leave here rabs you gotta give me your your final
2: score prediction who's winning this and give me a score it's a tough one um I, I agree. I think that if the Cowboys can win this game, then essentially they can win the division by beating the Eagles when they face off again. Because by that point, the Eagles will have lost a couple more games, probably, because I don't think they're that that good, and I think that they have a really tough stretch. Um, so that could in some ways render somewhat moot the tough stretch of games that the Cowboys have at the end of the season after they play the Eagles again. So you tell me what? Tell me what? T- Cowboys team shows up? Is this the team that showed up last week? That's passing the ball downfield and and where Dak's not getting sacked? Yeah, I wish I knew. I mean, I don't know. I, I... I mean, if if it's that team, then absolutely the Cowboys win. Absolutely, because I, I I have you watched the Eagles much? They basically have AJ Brown, a little bit of DeAndre Swift, and nothing. Dallas Goddard hasn't done anything. I'll tell you what, Devontae Smith hasn't done much of anything. Yeah, I'm surprised. Like by they're that. not they're, Kenneth Gainwell hasn't done anything. I mean, they're 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 basically relying on uh, a good defensive line and and AJ Brown to be a superhero every week, and he's been a superhero every week. He's having like a nine a nineteen ninety five Michael Irvin kind of season, but I don't know, man. I'm I, they're, they're not they're winning, yes, because they're really good along the offensive lines and they're philosophically sound, but they're not that good, and so. If the if the Cowboys team that showed up against the 49ers comes, then obviously we're, we're 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 cooked. We have no chance. But if the Cowboys team that 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 uh you know if 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 the, if the things we just talked about that, that we saw differently after after the buy uh, continue to be in the playbook, then then the Cowboys win. Yeah. So no score? Not giving me a score? The, <laughs> well, I mean, you have to tell me what. So okay, so let me. I I'll tell you what. I'll give you a no, score. I said, no, I'll tell you
1: what. No, you give me the score for the positive scenario
2: okay positive scenario uh cowboys 30
1: to 23 that's it, uh it's weird it's very similar to mine uh I mean it's the numbers at least uh, so okay you gave the, the positive one I'm, and I'm certainly rooting for that one uh to me I uh, I feel like I, I don't want to be snookered into Buying into this team after a, a really strong performance last week. That, that, that's why. So, that's why. So me, I, I'm going to just go ahead and, and be be pessimistic for another week until they can give me, come out there and show me that you know they can stack a, and beat a, and beat a good football team. And I do think Philly is a good football team. So I'm saying Philly is going to take this take this one down. I got the Eagles winning 33 to 20, and I think it, it it's going to lead it's going to make us feel a little bit kicked in the stomach uh, after Sunday because you know once again. Shows that we're not able to hang with the big boys, uh, but I just I don't know I just not sold that they got things figured out and I think you know you mentioned it about there's a lot of stuff that everything happens in the trenches and the Phillies they're good in the trenches and you know I'm just worried that the Cowboys they're not at least you know on offense and it could just make be one of those games where Dak has to do too much so uh, so that's my t- I'm I'm going a little bit um on
2: the sour side with that one I, I let me ask you a couple questions here. Um, can you see Philly blowing them out? Yeah. Okay. Can you see the, you can see both teams winning a close game. Yeah. yeah. Can you see the Cowboys blowing the Eagles out? You know, I can, I, I mean, I can, because
1: mm-hmm. this Cowboys team. I tell you, they're just, they're all over the place. Um, I mean, I, how
2: can and they, they can score in bunches, man. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, this, this really has a wide range of outcomes. I mean, I, I don't, I don't even know. It's yeah. just, uh.
2: Uh, so so let me ask you another question then. What What is the matchup unit versus unit that's going to dictate the outcome? Most dictate the outcome. To, I think it's going
1: to be uh, Cowboys' ability to move the ball, and, and struggle with the run, start passing in bad situations, and then balls just falling in the hands of Eagles receivers, and defenders. I feel like it just has one of those things could go south kind of games. I, I just mm-hmm. I don't have enough trust in the offense. I mean, the offense has been really bad for a, a good part of this season, and I don't have faith that suddenly everything's all just fixed. Um, so that's the biggest thing for me. Philly, I yeah. agree with you. They don't impress me as far as – I mean, I watched them and they impressed me at times, like against Miami. I, I mean, Miami is a good football team, but I mean I, that was, that game, that game shocked me it really did. But Miami's defense is awful. Yeah, and I, I look at them at times. and I'm like, you know what? I don't see. I mean, I'll, I don't fear them. Like I didn't, I didn't fear them like I feared San Francisco. But at the mm-hmm. same time, those guys do get it done. And J- Jalen Hurts, you know, he does play what well. I mean, he. He's he's made some mistakes, but he's also been a quarterback to make plays, and he's and he's done that. And I feel like you know if the Cowboys don't get the pressure on him and don't force him into mistakes and let, allow him to find weapons, and I know that like Kenneth Gainwell is nobody that scares you, or even Dallas Goddard is nobody that scares you, but Cowboys have to have people on them because they have to focus on you know like stopping AJ Brown and and, and stopping the the rushing attack if if Philly starts to get it going a little bit, and uh, so those things concern me, and that's why I'm just like yeah a little bit negative
2: on this one. So I, I'm, I I hear you, and I think that the Eagles' offense isn't nearly as dangerous as it was last year. I think that there's a couple reasons for that. that people have figured them out. I think that Jalen Hurts isn't running as much because he's got the big contract and he can't, I mean, or various other reasons. And it, for me, it all boils down to can the, the, the Cowboys' offensive line protect against the, the Eagles' defensive line? And if they can, the Cowboys win it's that simple. And if they can't, then it's more of a toss up because I think I do think that the Cowboys defense is going to be is going to play well enough to to win. It, it, the question is does the, is the offense going to give the Eagles short short fields and easy and easy cheap touchdowns or um or can they find a way to you know to protect Dak well enough so that the so that some of the philosophical uh shifts that they made last year, uh, excuse me, last week, um will allow them to generate more explosives. Who knows, dude? Yeah. We're going to find We're gonna out. We're going to
1: find out. yeah. And I'll tell you what, if they are able to, the offensive line comes out and they play play well and they're able to give him production. Oh, that, and,
2: listen, if the Cowboys' offensive line plays well, Cowboys win and they win by at least a score. Yeah, and then I'll tell you what. Th- I, re- I really I really believe and that. That's and true. then I will feel better. Not only, I mean,
1: I'll feel better about, you know, the, the – the, uh, where this team can go because I feel like that just
2: oh absolutely I mean then we're looking at like 11 and 2 before things get tough yeah, so i would be super
1: excited to see that hopefully hopefully that's what happens and but you know we'll have to wait and see but mm-hmm. that is all we have for our show today if you haven't yet please do subscribe to the blogging the boys podcast network leave us a rating write a review wherever you get your podcast apple spotify itunes or stitcher tell us what you think anything you'd like us to do differently to improve your podcast listening experience. And if you ever want to talk to us about anything at all, any Cowboys Hot Topics, some matchups that you are looking for, or what is your favorite movie that you would like to see on ice, you know, you can uh, let us know. You can hit me up on Twitter. I'm at DannyFandom24. And don't forget to check out all the great podcasts throughout the entire week. Every day we got some new for you. Tomorrow we'll have the World's Team with Meg Murray and Paul Stewart, so make sure to check that out. But that's all we have for today. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hope you have a great weekend. Stay safe, stay happy, stay true to the silver and blue, and we will catch you later.
2: Go Cowboys!
0: More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals